This is Venture Capital chat room. So what is VC chat room? My soulmate, Olga Stoderchuk, and me decided to uh, help people who are affected by the global crisis or of the unknown and uncertainty, uncertainty that is around us. And um, we decided to launch the new project which is actually launching right now together with you and you can actually influence the course of the discussion that we will have and uh, our first guest is my great friend and very inspiring person Vitaly Golomb who is the managing partner of GS Capital he is also the founding partner of HP Tech Ventures he's the expert in technology venture he is also obsessed about the future of electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles mobility and a frequent speaker and the author book accelerated startup which is which I actually have on my background but this is not advertised. So um, the plan for our discussion today is the 15 QA question which I will ask Vitaly directly and it will last also for about 10 minutes. So let's get started. Um, Vitali, hi. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm coming to you live from my jungle in uh, San Carlos, California. <laughs> it's very warm weather. I see you without the coat. <laughs> I, I wish it was actually this warm, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, here is also not, 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 not very good. So that's why let's warm up a little bit. And uh, my first question is, What does your average work day look like now, currently in this uh, condition? Uh, assuming that you're working with the companies from all over the world during basically all of your career, I guess. Uh, so are there any substantial changes caused by the pandemia and all these, you know, like hectic events? Like how, what is your average work day and changes? So I, I'd say my average work day really hasn't changed much. Um, You know, all of the deals are falling apart and slowing down. That's certainly not not great, but uh, we do what we can. Uh, my team is spread out between Europe and California, and we work with uh, companies in Europe and Asia, with investors, Europe, Asia, North America. So uh, the days are quite long. Um, I happen to be fortunate enough to have a home gym. So that's usually when I don't have early morning calls, that's the first thing I do. So I'll walk you through my day. I, uh, I, I go take my 16 vitamins, uh, my pre-workout drink, head to my gym for about an hour, hour and a half in the morning, get nice and charged up. Um, and then usually the calls start, uh, usually with Europe first. And we have lots of meetings. Um, we're already doing a lot of phone calls. Now I think um, we're actually doing more video calls because uh, surprising people won't see more of that connection, whereas before it was just phone calls. So we do that. Uh, by midday, uh, Europe kind of goes to sleep, our midday in California, and get some actual work done. Uh, so I just launched a new website, golem.net, which kind of I put together a media library of all my past interviews and speeches and everything in there. Uh, launch a new podcast so get to do get to spend some time on putting together content putting together plans working with my team who works pretty late in Europe and um, and figure out what we're going to do the next day the next week um, oftentimes we have conversations with Asia 
as well. So those calls start after six or seven o'clock in the evening for us. So today, for example, my last call will start at 11 o'clock at night uh, between uh, myself here, um, a person in Croatia and uh, another group in Singapore. So that's how we do global business every day. Um, try to eat healthy, um, stay positive, get a little downtime. Um, for many years, I've worked from home when I was independent consultant, when I was a designer years back before I went to the dark side. Um, and it's really important to, um, to kind of create an office atmosphere where you go to work, you go into a certain room or a certain part of your house, whatever your setup is. That's work. And then when you leave that place, that's home. So you can unplug and recharge your batteries and make sure you keep your sanity. Otherwise, everything blends together. And, um, you know, a lot of people are afraid of not being productive, productive at home, but it's quite the opposite. It's the being able to kind of relax and, and switch gears. So that's the day in, in, at length. Basically, the bottom line is that your average day during the... Uh, the virus outbreak is similar to the the, the ones that you had before that <laughs> similar probably busier busier because we're we're trying to work faster uh deal with certain crises that are very you know time sensitive everybody's running out of money you know things like that so yeah. we need to react much faster and and get people's attention much faster yeah yeah fortunately or unfortunately <laughs> Yeah, so um, well, it's already obvious that uh, we are recording this interview during the pandemic outbreak uh, when the main uh, markets are quarantined and uh, many people are saying that, uh, that the world will never going to be the same again. Is you know, like starting the day from Monday to certain extent is when uh, you're saying like, okay, like next Monday I'm going to the gym, I'm not drinking wine and like whatever healthy habits I want to achieve. but there can be like the situation when the quarantine is over, everyone is out to their, to their routine back and uh, nothing is changing. What is your opinion uh, towards that? Will the world change for a huge extent or this is just, you know, like minor cosmetical um, feats? No, you know, I think this is going to be a big change. Um, uh, you know, if you study organizational behavior and human behavior, it takes a certain amount of... Um, certain amount of actions to change a behavior. So if you want, if somebody really is dedicated to changing your lifestyle and becoming healthier um, and they go to the gym, they need to go to the gym something like 16 times for it to become a habit. And what's happening right now for a lot of people is that they're being forced to change their habits. Uh, whether that's for good or for bad is really their choice and their circumstance. Uh, but habits will change. This is my third time in my career going through a crisis. Um, I'm, I'm not that old, but I got started very young. And dot-com days were brutal. The dot-com demise here in Bay Area was really bad. There was no traffic on the freeways for several years, from like 2000, end of 2001 to 2004 or so. Um, it was really bad. I remember that. I really wasn't prepared. I was young. I was, uh, you know, my education wasn't finished. Um, and I was in a big startup before that grew really fast. And then I was one of the last 10 that, you know, before it closed down. Um, and then financial crisis, 2008, 2009, 
was a bit different. We didn't really feel in Bay Area as much, but uh, it was definitely, you know, it, 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 it was pretty tight for a long time. Uh, you know, I was uh, on the, you know, marketing side of things. I had an agency just before that and I got really tight, you know, on, on that side. This time around, this is profound. This affects everybody, everywhere, every industry, some industry worse than others. Uh, the bright spot is that ultimately people are people, they're social animals. So let's say it takes a year, two years, three years to get back to normal. I think we will get back to normal. People will go to concerts and sporting events and movies again and all that. It's going to happen. Question is, um, what's going to happen to the economy now? And how can people react? Uh, this is not a temporary thing. It's, uh, you know, stock markets back up. Big tech is doing well. Um, you know, Amazon's certainly doing well. There are going to be companies that, that uh, consolidate their gains. I wrote about this uh, online and I'll be writing more about this soon, by the way, um, on my blog. But it's, uh, it's definitely going to make changes. The big change for the audience here is that uh, question of what do you, you know, it's your decision what kind of habits you're going to form. Are you going to turn this into a positive change or into a negative change? Positive change certainly takes a lot of effort. It's really easy just to turn on Netflix, lay on the couch and eat all the junk food that you have. Maybe that'll make you feel better for the moment, but it definitely won't make you feel good for the long term and your trajectory in life will change. Just the question of which direction you're going to take it. Yeah. So we had to run fast. Now we have to run even faster. Yeah. <laughs> and talking about capital markets, let's uh, switch to that. So as the CEO of Ukrainian Venture Capital and Private Equity Association, I closely work with venture capitalists, uh, investors, in the private equity funds and others. And um, though there is still money in the bank for the fund, all eyes of the investors are on their portfolio companies. Uh, for many of them, it's not the easiest time, yeah? Like, uh, of course, there are industries like healthcare tech and educational technologies that are blooming now. This is like the start time for them. But many industries, especially in the hardware sector and others, are really suffering and investors are helping them, you know, like trying to uh, find the new exit strategies to pivot and so on. So what are your observations regarding that? Uh, like, maybe you could get your own like, crystal ball and uh, make some predictions to us. <laughs> well, the predictions right now are not going to be very good. Um, so, so here's the situation. Um, if you divide the world into financial investors and corporate in investors, uh, corporate investors, about 80% of corporate venture invests from, from enterprise, from public company balance sheets. Obviously, all those balance sheets have been more or less erased immediately. So what we're already seeing is a lot of the strategic investors completely going into a cave and, and closing shop. What I think will happen, what I've seen happen the previous two times uh, is that a lot of the corporate venture units won't survive. For the venture industry, that's a problem because about a third or more of the capital in venture industry now has grown to become corporate money. So that's gonna certainly get affected. We're gonna have a down year this year for sure. We already have a down year, question is how big. Uh, for financial investors, um, it's a bad time and a good time. On the one hand, the bad time is that uh, they need their, their existing portfolio companies are going to suffer and they need to support them and make sure they have the runway and don't run out of money. 
what they're going to be telling all of them is your sales are down, cut your expenses, cut your teams, and we're already starting seeing all of the layoffs and everything. So uh, that's definitely happening. Everybody's going on a diet. And um, so, you know, the strong companies will come out stronger from this because they'll have less competition. It'll be easier and cheaper to hire people. You know, things are coming back down to earth. In San Francisco, where it was super expensive to have an office space, all of a sudden it's going to be really cheap to have an office space. And by the way, speaking of habits, a lot of people are going to just work from home permanently. They're going to like it. Um, so there's that. And the good news for VCs is, and, and the strong ones have been around for 30, 40, 50 years, they know this, they've seen this many times, is that they're raising big funds to start making big investments. So I'll remind you that something like 30 unicorns that we know and love now were started in the, in the last recession. And it's the yeah. best time to start companies because everything is cheap. For VCs, the valuations are much cheaper. They can slow down the investment process, make a better decision, make more focused investments and support those companies. So great companies will still get funded. Um, Question is, you know, how will society react when we do have more effective uh, therapeutics and we start seeing, let's say, within the next four weeks, we're in April 21st right now, let's say by mid-May, we'll probably start seeing some countries open back up, maybe U.S. as well, maybe, we'll see, parts of U.S. Um, so that means that, um, you know, We'll, we'll see we'll see the reaction and if things if consumer confidence and everything returns close to normal then that will give confidence to businesses to invest more money and kind of start returning to normal but uh as of right now undetermined and there's no there's no guarantee there won't be a second dip right right now you know stock market's back up but as soon as there's some bad news or something unexpected or second wave or something hits you know, it's going to happen. And the thing happening with oil right now is also not helping. Although I'm, I'm all for oil dying because I'm all about uh, future mobility, which is electric vehicles, hydrogen fuel cells, and getting off of oil. So anyway, but that's a different, different topic. And actually, this was uh, one of my questions. Uh, one of my questions, you're passionate about electric vehicles, autonomous, basically everything and we have a lot of these things at CS, at Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, these and previous years. So um, like how it has been impacted with this outbreak or vice versa, this is the opportunity for, you know, like developing maybe like some insights uh, to share, please. Yeah, uh, what I'm hearing back from, from uh, partners in China as, as China was coming back online is that they think that this will be an inflection point for electric vehicles. Uh, the growth will start going much faster now uh, because a lot of companies went out of business and a lot of those suppliers, it doesn't make sense to reinvest in tools and supply chains to build something old when everybody understands that the future is electric and you know hydrogen fuel cell, whatever mixture of electric powertrain, it doesn't make sense to go back to internal combustion. Um, so long-term that'll be they'll prove to be an accelerant but short-term it's a problem for everybody because uh the let's say the the world automotive industry is expecting to sell 20 million fewer cars this year in 2020 so that's going to affect everybody um that's going to bankrupt a lot of companies so uh we'll see how that goes but um you know i'm also working with some some really exciting aviation companies some new airplane companies some vtols 
And those companies are still a couple of two, three, five years away at least. And that means that uh, right now they get the advantages of cheaper market, cheaper ability to hire, et cetera. If they have the money in the bank, this is actually a really good time for them because they're not going to market anyway. They're still in R&D mode. So it's, it's actually not a bad time for them. Um, but long-term, I think uh, the other thing is that society all over the world, all of a sudden really understands the term crisis. So uh, there was a meme going around saying that um, climate crisis should get coronavirus's PR agency or, uh, or publicist. Um, and I think that's going to happen uh, because if you think, you know, a temporary pandemic is bad, just wait till we have a permanent climate crisis. That's going to be really bad. So I think people get it. I think um, this now gives us the ability to motivate those that weren't taking it seriously to push them much faster in the right direction. So maybe this is the reality check that the world needed to wake up and solve the much bigger problem coming down the line. I, I really agree with that. And uh, I think the world really needed it, unfortunately, in that uh, serious way, in this cruel way, but, but still. Um, small reminder for those who are watching us uh, on Facebook and here in Zoom, you can uh, write questions. We're spying on them and uh, like in a couple of minutes, I will get back to them and ask them to Vitaly. And also for those of you who are watching uh, us on Zoom, there is a poll uh, with the question, did the outbreak affect your business? And you can answer and at the end we will see uh, what, what are the results and uh, how successful are people who are watching us is a joke. Okay, so um, talking about venture capitalists and uh, startups and prospective startup founders, where is the biggest opportunity for them now? Uh, maybe you can even name not only industries but some companies to you know like to invest in, uh, which are hot or something to um, like to look at and do something in a similar direction. So as a registered uh, broker-dealer, I cannot give uh, public investment advice. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. But I'll, I'll try to give you some ideas of, of sectors that I think uh, have potential. Um, certainly think about how human behavior is going to change and try to predict that. Uh, venture capitalists by profession are, are uh, you know, it's the black magic of thinking. It takes about 10 years for a company to go public, right? So that means that you have to think about 10 years ahead if you're a seed investor to what's going to be, you know, what's going to be public, what's going to be big in 10 years. So you really have to think ahead. Your series A investor, it's five to eight years, et cetera. So um, a lot of what VCs do is try to figure out where the market's going to be right now. Everybody can do this exercise for themselves. If they're thinking of starting their own company, think about um, what will be big in a few years, what has changed, you know? So right now we're going through big changes. And that's good. The volatility uh, creates opportunity because uh, certain things are going to change. Certain markets are going to get disrupted. All the markets are getting disrupted right now. So, for example, you know, uh, behaviors are going to change as far as going out, uh, entertainment for people, right? Entertainment, education, um, buying things. Obviously, Amazon is going to consolidate its gains and become the first $2 trillion company. That's just about guaranteed. That's, it's theirs to lose, as they say. Um, and I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm an investor in Amazon, but, um, um, you know, there are companies that, um, that were 
kind of that didn't already didn't make sense. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp that we work never really made sense to me, right. As a business and why is it valued so much? And, you know, it fell apart. Um, and then you look at things like, um, magic leap, right. Uh, that company is, uh, raised tons and tons of money way ahead and is just waiting for Apple to come and take, you know, put them out of their misery. Um, so, you know, you really have to kind of start thinking a little bit ahead. Where's the market going to be? Understand that it's going to take a certain amount of years to build a company from scratch and try to project and understand where the market is going, right? It's, it's uh, when you're, you're trying to launch a rocket and intercept another rocket, right? It's, uh, you know, only Israel has been able to do it with their, uh, with their missile shield where they're able to launch rockets to shoot down rockets. Uh, so that would be kind of the equivalent in, in venture capital is that you're trying to do something similar and predict where the future markets are going to be. Uh, but certainly I'm really bullish, of course, on future transportation because it, may, it just makes sense. Um, future energy, online education. Um, I'm a big fan of Scott Galloway's and I really agree with him on like, the fact that higher education is going to change. Uh, now, you know, there are few professors in, in top universities that people want to learn from. And all of a sudden, instead of having one class at Harvard Business School or Stanford or wherever, uh, where they teach 20, 30, 40 people per session, they can have 20, 30, 40,000 people in an online course um, and, and get the same level out there. I don't know what that's going to mean for degrees and how degrees are respected. I, I suspect that's going to change as well. And uh, I'm a big fan of actually changing the education system anyway, because high school education only became important, let's say, 100 years ago during the last industrial revolution. And now it's becoming obvious that automation is going to take away all the simple jobs or most of the simple jobs and anybody to make a, you know, a valuable contribution to society and a living to pay their bills and to take care of their kids will have to do something intellectual that uh, cannot be automated away yet. So there's, there's my overview. <laughs> E-commerce, uh, automation, future energy, future education, things like that. Great, I hope it will uh, give some ideas for, you know, like food for thought for, for our viewers. Um, and the last question for me, and we will shift to the uh, questions from the viewers. Um, so I believe that the leader is definitely the reader. So one book that you would recommend to uh, read in the current situation for investors, startup founders, and like overall our audience. I'll recommend a few. Um, if you really want to uh, have a bad day and, and really question your existence, read Sapiens. Uh, but before <laughs> that, uh, read Guns, Germs, and Steel, because that's really kind of Sapiens 1.0. Um, then read Sapiens, then read Homo Deus and think about how society is gonna change. Um, we take it for granted that we live in a relatively peaceful period of time and civilization and that everything's gonna be the same, but Humanity always changes. Uh, so be prepared for it and understand the greater context. Um, also, another book that I really like, um, on, uh, written by an um, evolutionary psychologist, um, it's called Spent. Uh, Geoffrey, Geoffrey, Geoffrey Miller, I believe is his name, uh, professor at Arizona State. Uh, so it also talks about human behavior. 
And uh, he opens the book with uh, talking about what would happen if a Neanderthal would, uh, would teleport to a modern mall and okay. how that person would react. So really great book uh, if you're an economics nerd um, and a little bit of psychology nerd. Great book, really entertaining, called Spent. Um, so yeah, there's three for you. I try to over-deliver. I think it's like, to a certain extent, this last book is about us after quarantine coming to supermarket, you know, like first time out. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. During all this month. Thank you so much. We will write it down um, under the YouTube video because this video will be launched on our YouTube channel. So the questions from the audience, um, there are like quite a lot of questions, but um, for keep it short and catchy, um, I'll pick one. So. Um, Challenging tasks for CEO or CFO. Can you please name five things they have to pay attention, time, and focus on? Well, maybe we can maybe short to three, uh, or you may name all the five. So um, yeah. So um, at this time, right, kind of crisis management mode. Uh, the important thing is to number one, cut all expenses, and if you haven't done it already. You do it once and you do it deep. You don't do it several times. The team is going to be demotivated already. You might as well just take the hit once. Um, so that's the most important thing is to rethink your budgets, recast your projections of what you're going to sell, not just cut you know, superfluous things, but really understand where your business is headed, project your sales, recast your sales with reality, be very realistic, not super optimistic like startup founders like to do. Uh, we are optimists, right? Of course. Um, and then make one big cut to make sure that you have as much runway as possible, hopefully 18 months if you can get there, uh, because this might be a prolonged period. Um, if you are not able to get there, um, you need to, you know, if you have less than six months in the bank, that's when you're in, you know, planning the shutdown mode. Um, you need to be able to figure out very quickly uh, if you might sell the company, right? This is the fire sale. This is where you know uh, firms like mine um, get into get into this exercise of trying to find a buyer very quickly for a company. That's what we. That's part of what we do as M and A. Um, and and if that fails, you need to have enough money in the bank to pay the taxes and take care of your employees and shut down. It, it, it's reality. Um, you certainly talk to all of your board members, your investors, to get as much support as you can, but number one measure in times like this is how much runway you have. So forecast your sales and cut your expenses to make sure you have at least 12, hopefully 18 months of cash in the bank. That would be, um, that would be my kind of overall suggestion and, and the number of things you need to do in there. Thank you. We will um, finalize our conversation. Vitalis, thank you so much for being today with us and uh, for starting your day yes. <laughs> with us and the first guest. Thank you. Much appreciate. Uh, thank and thank you for everyone who joined us today. Uh, I remind that you can see this video online on YouTube channel. We will post it on our social media and everywhere. This was VC Chatroom powered by my soulmate Olga Stolevchuk and me, Olga Fanasieva, and our special guest Vitaly Golom. Bye-bye. Thank you.